Big problems can be solved when smart minds and good hearts get together. Being exposed to a connected network of diverse voices, opinions and characteristics can truly expand one's ability to get an accurate picture of the environment and to make the best decisions for self and organization. This podcast brings together an ecosystem of next practice innovators and influencers to talk about the leadership practices required to shape a better connected and safer world. Welcome to Inspire Next Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Ertl. Our first series focuses on the positive outcomes and innovations that arose through the difficult and unprecedented global pandemic, the COVID-19. In this second episode, we are joined by Honor Rule. Honor is the general manager of the Aga Khan Agency for Habitat, which focuses on improving the habitat and resilience of communities in South and Central Asia and the Middle East. This agency is part of the Aga Khan Development Network. Prior to his appointment, he was country director for India at the World Bank, based in New Delhi. Ono brings thought leadership in country strategy, private and financial sector development, public-private partnership for infrastructure and health, change management, economic strategy, post-conflict reconstruction, monitoring and evaluation, as well as portfolio management. We ask Ono to share his personal account on the changes to work and productivity discovered through COVID-19. It was 16 March 2020, the slow wave of covid had been accelerating in Switzerland, and we had decided in our agency to do a work-from-home drill on that day. When I woke up that Monday morning, I discovered that the government of Switzerland was ahead of us because they, in fact, ordered a work-from-home lockdown from that day, and therefore our drill became an indefinite period of working from home. The drill was still useful for our field units, but even they went to work-from-home mode in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, in India, in Tajikistan a bit later, as well as in Syria. I didn't know what to do at first, because it was easy to plan for a day of work from home, but an indefinite period was a new concept. I had a phone call with my colleagues, agency heads, to discuss how we would manage. And there were thoughts of how to manage and keep teams productive, how we might be able to use leave to get through this period, and whether it would be possible to do the kind of work that we do in development and emergency management working from home. I was left not certain how to proceed, but then scheduled a call with my team. And initially people just needed to talk and express themselves talk about the logistics of how work from home might work, the fact that some of them were in their kitchen, others had to share the room with their spouse, uh, childcare being a big issue. And we passed a nice time, but we didn't really get very far in terms of the substance of work. So I scheduled individual conversations with every team member, not just with my direct reports. For many of these, these were the first direct individual conversations in a structured setting that I had with them. Prior to that, it was mainly at the coffee machine or the water cooler that I would be talking to them. And even during these calls, people were very, very much interested in simply talking about their circumstances, their uncertainties, their apprehension that they might lose their job, not exactly knowing how things might work out. And of course, the health concerns that are still serious now, but of course in March, we knew so little of this COVID virus that people were really struggling to understand and fearful of the situation. 
When I then asked the team members how they would work, I was very surprised to learn that they didn't actually have many questions. Many of them have a work program that is regularly structured, like in the finance team, um, or they have big projects that they work on um, that, that take several months and involve partners. And then many of them said, in addition to that, I'd like to think how we can use our emergency management teams to support the effort for COVID in the countries that we work, because this will surely be useful. So I discovered that my team were craving attention and the kind of chit chat and discussion about people's feelings that you normally use when you talk to someone who might have lost a family member and or has an illness and want to talk about it just to get it off their chest. But they didn't really need much steer in terms of work. The main issue was that the, pro, that the fear and the uncertainty put their sense of stability and direction and indeed their mental health at risk because it was a very uncertain period. So I realized my main job as a leader was to provide my team with this type of interaction. And therefore, we went to calls every week and I stimulated them to have calls amongst them that would be like virtual cups of coffee or tea where they would just be chatting. And I encouraged them very much not just to talk about work. I also, uh, with the main team members, set up meetings to simply allow them to ask me questions or talk about progress in the work program. But I made a point of not asking them specific questions on progress unless it was in a regular conversation so that there was as much personal interaction around this and there wouldn't be a sense of fear. Because from the perspective of the team, they were simply still motivated for their job, but very uncertain whether their job and their salary would still be there and not really clear about how they could work. We realized we needed to keep working and also keep each other busy and talk to each other. And the role of the leader in this case was more support than direction or guidance. The only thing that I did do was to point out that we were not the only organization that was facing this, including organizations in the same field, and that they all would have the same level of uncertainty and that therefore the more we would be able to keep focusing on our regular work, the better we would do relative to, if I may call it that, the competition. Because others might also suffer and struggle, so it would be relatively easy to do better than average on this. Well, everybody knows it took two months before this situation started uh, changing. And that only led to a temporary 50% arrangement during the summer. And at this point in November 2020, we are again in a full work from home mode, although in the countries that is not the case in every single country. What does our year look like? So interestingly, because people were motivated to think about how we could use our emergency management capacity to support the COVID effort, and because uh, they felt encouraged to work on this, and because also they were 
maybe afraid to lose their job, so they were like extra motivated. They worked really hard. And the agency managed to be a key player in COVID response in all the countries in support of the other efforts of the Agricom Development Network. And that was against the background where nobody initially expected the natural disaster emergency management arm of the network to focus on a healthcare response. More remarkably, our regular work with some ups and downs, but after we realized that as an emergency management agency, we could actually develop standard operating procedures that would help us figure out how to work in construction, how to keep our planning going, how to replace field surveys with satellite data, a capacity that we have, innovate quickly to do our work, but do it in a different way. Our results for 2020 are actually better than any of the previous years. And all this was done by a team that was apprehensive, scared, and during the month, many of the individual conversations that I had with team members week on week, I discovered that depression was always around the corner. People felt lonely, people felt uncertain, people were tired of working from home, people were tired of the virus, yet my job was to keep them productive. As a leader, this was a very interesting experience. I was not at all effective if I asked people, what have you done today? What are you doing tomorrow? What is your deliverables for the week? Because people were not in a mood where this would work. It would only make them more scared. It might depress them more. They were motivated enough what they needed was a feeling of being heard, the opportunity to talk and know that the boss, me, also has fears because I talked to them quite openly. I sometimes felt depressed. I sometimes thought the agency was at risk and I didn't always know how to proceed. It was a very interesting experience because in a virtual mode, it was somehow easier for me to be open about my own thoughts and feelings, and it helped the quality of the communication with the team. And when I reflect on what happened this year, then I realize that the relationships in the team are stronger. People understand me better as a person, and I've had an opportunity through many, many individual conversations to talk more clearly at the individual level about what the strategic goals are for me as the head of the agency. In a different way than a speech in front of a team or a town hall meeting via some kind of web-based app on an individual basis with consistent messaging. I know that team members um, have appreciated this attention but now that I'm thinking about post-COVID, because we dare to think about it a little bit with the news that has recently come on vaccines, I realized that although I also always thought of myself as an inclusive listening manager, in fact, I enjoyed those speeches in front of the team. I enjoyed those town hall meetings, makes you look important. I didn't always want to talk at the individual level because it can be a burden to talk to every individual about their fears, what they think, whether they sit in their kitchen, whatever. 
But I've realized that a lot of what we do in leadership is actually showmanship. It is not designed to make the team more effective. It's designed to confirm ourselves in our image as a leader and the grandeur that comes with it. As leaders, we can understand that when we have fears, our team members have fears. We should understand that whilst people need strategic guidance and structure in the sense of long-term goals, they actually don't need somebody looking over their shoulder to decide what they can do every day or every week or even every month. As long as the long-term goal is clear, responsible professionals can manage this themselves. The job of a leader, other than to make sure that there is a strategic vision, which hopefully will develop in an inclusive way, and that there are resources, that of course is the main job of the leader, the budget, the rest of the job of the leader is to put her or his team in a position where they know they're supported, they're listened to, they can talk, they can ask questions, and they don't need to fear because they know where they're going. Even in the depressing time of COVID, this worked. So will we go back to some of the old things? Yes. I really hope that we'll still have team retreats because those are good. I hope we can also go back to doing field visits because I miss them desperately. But we will not go back to leadership and showmanship. We will keep with the individual conversations. We will keep with an approach where I, as a leader, will mainly try to support and not push and look over people's shoulders. If we can be more productive with this approach in 2020, we will definitely be even more productive in 2021 because I do believe work from home and less travel may be a good way to go even in the future. But I don't believe that the circumstances under which we work in 2020 were ideal. They opened our mind for new approaches, which we should add to the arsenal of leadership and collaboration tools that we already have. And the main lesson for the leader is the more you support and the more you listen to your team at the individual level, the better the team will feel and the better they will perform. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Inspire Next Leadership, produced by Serene Cheng and Victor Ertl, with support from our friends in the STAR program. We hope to have you listening in again next week as we are continuing our journey towards the second series titled Turning the Tide. Here we are going to discover how leaders can turn the tide when macro trends are against them by leading through innovation and rethinking well-established norms. Until then, stay well and stay inspired. Stay inspired.